Today on Better Health, I'm speaking with Dr. Alex Golden and Megan Blacksmith of Zesty Ginger, who work with premenopausal women in an online group format. They focus on balancing hormones and supporting detoxification by teaching women to use the phases of their menstrual cycles to their advantage. They are the founders of the Zestier Program and Healthy Hormones Group, as well as the host of the Four Phase Cycle Podcast. I absolutely loved interviewing these two and the way that they are in sync with themselves and working together, along with being such a great example of what it means to cycle sync is absolutely amazing. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Stay to the end because you won't want to miss it. You're listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. You are listening to the Better Health Podcast with April, and for today's episode, it is such an honor to welcome Dr. Alex and Megan to the show. So welcome. Thank, Thank you for you having so us. Much. Yeah, yeah, we're happy to be here. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you both. You guys are doing amazing things for women, and so such an honor. Um, to start us off, we're going to start with a question. So where did you grow up, and what was your childhood and family like in regards to health? All right. Uh, that's a great question. So um, I grew up in Russia. There's, wow. a, there's a city called Chelyabinsk. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's on the Asian side of the Ural Mountains. And I grew up, um, it was like around Soviet Union collapse. So then I, um, our family split the time between the city where my parents worked and a little homestead. Um, and I actually loved all of it, but, um, when it came to health in my family, um, you know, as you can imagine at that time where I grew up, there was not that much awareness. It was more, um, a survival mechanism, mm -hmm. but, you know, I really right. saw my mom live out her female cycle, you know, start to finish, mm -hmm. um, with it not being supported. And that was a big part of the driving force for mm. me personally, um, because yeah, it was very much health was valued, but none of the resources were there. So it was very much a focus on just like getting enough food to survive. And mm. I see that playing out in my parents all the time. And actually I see Megan and I catch myself doing little things that um, that are a holdover of that, but that's a great mm. question because we do see that play out over people's lifetimes. Wow, that is so cool. And so did she in a way do cycle syncing, I guess, to what degree did she do that with her cycle? Oh no, she really, she actually didn't have anything. It was um, more of a negative thing uh, is what I meant is that she didn't okay. really have much of any awareness and the survival mode that makes sense I saw what it did to her <laughs> you know <start> to, <laughs> you know what premenopausal years were like what what perimenopause was like and she needed ablations and surgeries and fibroids removed all of that um watching her go through it with that background mm. really kind of alerted me to this is not how female health is supposed to be mm. we shouldn't just all be 
surviving and barely hanging on, even if we care about health, like my mom always has. And right. um, because my family is Russian, we've always had more of the like crunchy herbal remedy type of deal mm -hmm. uh, in the family. But that, um, again, without an understanding of what the body does, it's hard to even use those things to get at what you want. Right, right. That makes much more sense. And yeah, it spurs you on to make a change and think, okay, this is not how it's supposed to be. And I'm going to do something different. And then for your future generations to come too. So, wow. Amazing background. Thanks for sharing. So that was Dr. Alex speaking for those of you who don't yet know our voices apart. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying, Megan. <laughs> and I am Megan. So I'm the redheaded one for those of you who come over to Instagram and find us. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire, live free or die state. It's a great hmm. place. <laughs> and um, East Coast girl. Yep. So I feel like health was there was an awareness in my family, just that in general, like I had to go to my friends' houses to have fruit roll-ups, right? Mm. We had just like, I don't know, what did we even have? We didn't even really have fun stuff or cereal. It was just kind of <laughs> standard, um, but nothing too far extreme crunchy, right? This was something for me that I just had never had any sickness or illness as a kid, which I'm very lucky. And at the same time, didn't really understand that that meant, for example, having a team of doctors that I, when I then had health issues after I had my first child, I was just like, sure, you go to any doctor, you, you know, when things are good, it doesn't really matter. So I'd never really looked into the details of much because things had been working well. I didn't have PMS. I didn't have heavy cramps. I felt pretty good. I just kind of did my thing. And at the same time, so then I feel like I, I, I got dropped into, dropped off the deep end after having my first child to go, oh, wow, when hormones are not working well, this is, this is something, this is definitely a place I do not want to be. And I started mm -hmm. from scratch there. So I had a basic healthy foundation with my family, but we were not into cycle syncing, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, no real awareness of even just how much food played into how oh. I felt. So that yeah. was all new. I learned that in my late twenties. Mm -hmm. And I'm just finding it out the past two years. It's been a journey of figuring out cycle thinking, which I'm blessed that I'm figuring out now, but it's still, there's such a lack of awareness just for all ages of women. And that's why I love what you guys are doing so much. Thank you, April. You're welcome. So um, Dr. Alex, I, what got you into health? So you had a background of your mother and, um, seeing different things happen with her and her regards to her hormones. Was that what got you into health or what was your background with it? Yeah, my background, actually, I had no plans of health, anything. I was a piano performance major. My, I was going to be a piano professor at the college level. That's what I was going to do. Um, but when I got to college, I started having pelvic pain. Mm. And that was definitely my trigger that got me in because I kept going to different doctors, different providers and saying, I have pain, I have pain, I have pain. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about all the time, this is the foundation of how we can kind of read our ladies' minds <laughs> is that I got dismissed in a big way. I mean, it, I was either given ibuprofen, told it's all in my head, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me, there's no reason for your pain, blah, 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 blah. That, that process was so frustrating and so disheartening mm -hmm. 
that it broke me down enough that I looked at my life and said, I can't keep going on this path. Something has to change. Mm -hmm. And that's when I kind of said, I don't know how I'm going to help people or women with pain, but that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And then it was really just a um, discovery process of starting the process of medical school, finding out, um, I kind of assumed that I would be an OBGYN Mm -hmm. because I wanted to do pelvic pain. But as my pain became centralized and it's known as central pain syndrome, when this, the brain actually learns to send out that pain signal without any other, you know, tissue damage, Mm -hmm. um, it becomes its own disease process. And with that, I, I found out about anesthesia. I did my anesthesia residency, then pain fellowship, and then essentially the, here, here I am. But, <laughs> but yes, it was the combination of everything. And really, Megan and I, in living through stuff like this, um, I got diagnosed with premature ovarian failure because the endometriosis oh. that I had, had had been missed all those years. So by the mm-hmm. time I was 27 and in residency, I was told that I was going into menopause and that I needed to do IVF um, over the next six months or I would Mm. not have kids. And that was a big, um, that was a big thing too. So you can kind of see Megan and I have lived through and Megan will share her story. She kind of gets the other part of our women, (laughs) but um, the postpartum, but all of that together really has kept bringing up more clarity on how I want to show up in the world for women, Mm. because all of these things in the different ways that life has unfolded has been really helpful to know exactly who we want to help and what we want to do. Yeah, that that's super powerful. And I know for myself, and I'm not even a doctor like you two are, or work in the medical field yet like you two. And I know so many women that experience all those types of problems and having a mother that had, you know, fibroids and had to get an oophorectomy. um, It's just so common in my community. And so I'm sure listeners around, you know, the globe are experiencing the same thing. And so um, it's just so common and there needs to be more of an awareness. So it's awesome that you're. I mean, even if we look at some numbers, right, the CDC says 90% of women in the U.S. experience disruptive symptoms to their cycle month after month. That means if we look at it from a functional perspective, nine out of 10 women that you know have hormonal imbalances at the level of the hypothalamus, right? And so this is not a small problem. This is everyone that you know, we can assume that they have more... (laughs) (laughs) they are more prone to be in the imbalance category than not. And what's even sadder is that women have one medication, which is birth control in all of its different forms. And Mm -hmm. we take erectile dysfunction, for example, there's five different drugs just for that condition for men. (laughs) And that's part of the case that Megan and I make is that we don't not focus on men because they don't have issues. They certainly Mm -hmm. do. But women are so under helped, in our Mm -hmm. opinion, and Mm -hmm. are given so few options that we then felt really passionate about coming in and saying women deserve to have to a understand their body and they Mm -hmm. deserve to have options in order to help it. And that's kind of been our thing. 
I love it. And there's such a lack of, you know, scientific data because essentially, you know, our bodies are so complicated and it's not a typical daily, you know, cycle. It's a 28 day cycle. And so our hormones are fluctuating consistently throughout that month. And so it is hard to research us, but yet at the same time, we need that data and more needs to be done to figure out so we can, you know, have more of an awareness and, you know, align our hormones in a way. 100%. I mean, um, (laughs) Megan and I have done a lot of research in in our specific area. And, you know, when we go and look at all the literature that is getting put out, when it comes to, let's just use low carbohydrate or keto diets for women, you know, all of those initial studies were done on young, healthy men who don't Mm -hmm. have right? These hormonal imbalances and you're right, live on a 24 hour clock. So you catch a female in a different part of the cycle, (laughs) the numbers are then different. The, the literature on women didn't start being to kind of an acceptable level, the way that we, you know, I weed out a lot of literature papers that are not high quality enough to Mm -hmm. use to make statements. The first really you know, high quality one that we felt comfortable with didn't come on the topic of women and carbs until 2017. That is only three years ago. Wow. Right. Right. It is insanely recent that we are starting to even look at this in women Mm. and not just doing the research in men and applying it laterally to women. Mm, Right. Wow, it's sorry, those I numbers took you on are a crazy. tangent, but hey, no, Megan it's all has good a things. great <laughs> <laughs> Megan has a great origin story too. Oh, Megan, you lead the way. I would love to hear about your background with health and what got you into sure, it. Sure, sure. So as I, I talked about a little bit before, really for me it was um, the pregnancy and then birth of my first daughter, who's almost ten. Mm. So it's been a while and. I, again, went into pregnancy, thought everything was great, felt pretty healthy, but um, about eight or nine months postpartum, I started being in a really rough place. I started having pretty severe panic anxiety attacks. I remember kind of lying on the floor next to her on a mattress being like, just please don't look at me. Please don't need me. You know, if that heartbreaking, like if my two-year-old needs me right now or my one-year-old, there's just not much I can do. Mm-hmm. And Along with that became a really extreme fatigue to the point that I was working in a corporate job at the time. And I just wanted to get out of my job so badly, April, that I was looking around going, what could I do? Could I like break an arm? What could I do to get a leave of absence? Get out of this temporarily. I'm sure that plan would have been really horrible because I think think you have to keep going to work. Um, But I just wanted out and I was just that tired, like Mm. brushing my teeth at night. That didn't happen. That was not a thing. It it was just extreme fatigue. And anytime I went to my um, conventional doctor, all my blood work said, you're great. Um, I was like, you're not overweight, not your thyroid. It's too far postpartum, right? Because it was after nine months, it couldn't be related to that. And I just felt totally dismissed Mm. and just really confused as to, Mm. I started to question, I'm pretty sure I don't feel great, but they're telling me (laughs) nothing's wrong. So Mm. at that time I found an amazing um, clinical nutritionist in San Diego and went through a health coaching program and I, and she used the functional lab work. So we were looking at my hormones. We were looking at my neurotransmitters. We were looking at my gut health. And when I saw on paper, April, I was Mm. like, 
ah, finally, <laughs> you know, yes. finally, not that you, it's not that you really want to have a whole bunch of things messed up, but you but do so when you feel clarity. that way. Right. Yeah. right. So it was like, okay, my brain chemistry is saying, you can barely get out of bed. You have crazy carb cra uh, cravings <laughs> and you feel very anxious. And I am saying, yes, that is how I feel. <laughs> so it lined up. And at that point, I, I, I originally was in engineering. I was a mechanical engineer. That's wow. where my corporate job was. And just like Alex, I saw this and I said, I cannot believe this is a job, a field. <laughs> I didn't know it existed. And I signed up for all the courses. Mm. I said, I want to do this. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I like, um, with Dr. Alex's story, I know so many women that struggle with fatigue and they're like, I don't know what's wrong. And, you know, then they struggle with depression and tests come back and it's like, well, nothing's wrong. And so maybe it's just me and I'm thinking it's wrong. And so I'm glad you shared that because there's so many women I'm sure that relate to that. And I've, you know, struggled with fatigue as well, where it's like, okay, maybe it's just all on my head. And so it's, it's great to be able to relate because it's, it's an issue. And, um, and along with you as well, I was a teacher for the past two years and realizing, wow, like health coaching and women's health, this is an actual field. And so getting into it as well, I totally can relate there also. Super cool. So both of you, um, what was the biggest challenge with the changes that you ended up having to make to improve your health? Like, were any of the new habits that you wanted to include in your life difficult or was it, did it come easy because you were seeing results? Um, we can start with Dr. Alex first. Actually, you know what, because Megan is the mindset ninja and both of us it was a mental game. I'm going to let her go first and then I'll cool. just kind of put the little finishing touches on with my side. Sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. So great point. So Alex and I kind of split up what we love to share about and what we love to teach about and the mindset piece and our beliefs and our thoughts. That's, that's my favorite part of it. <laughs> so we see, and I think for our own health struggles, none of the actual tools or, you know, we talk about elixirs and dry skin brushing and different things you can mm -hmm. add in. None of those are all that difficult. What we see people struggle more with is the concept of giving up on a belief that maybe um, they've been stuck for a long time or that they don't really deserve good health or there's all these underlying thoughts and feelings that go into a health journey. Like maybe they're, they have an autoimmune disease and they've started to really connect like they're an autoimmune warrior and they're in this community and they start, mm -hmm. don't really recognize that this continuous focus on the problem, the problem and, and narrowing down on like what, what caused this and, and what are my levels, which of course we love the functional mm -hmm. lab work. We love to use the levels of what's going on in the body. But what we love to use that for is basically for habit change is mm. for someone to see, okay, now I have to go back to what's happening in my life that's out of balance. Mm. This can be relationships. Like we love to talk food and supplements and that kind of thing, but more often than not, it's a, it's like a bigger imbalance for people mm. where, so those have been the changes for both <laughs> Dr. Alex and I that are the hardest is actually looking at, for me, it was leaving my corporate job mm -hmm. and saying, I am really not happy here in a cubicle every day, mm -hmm. but this is what I went 
to school for. This is what I trained right. for. This is what I did for 10 <laughs> years. This is what I get paid well for. Mm-hmm. And stepping back and saying, but what, at what cost does this come? I also, one of the buildings I worked in was a very moldy building and I, mm. we would, we would flood our cubicle area would actually flood and then it would go down like on and off. <laughs> and at the time I just oh, didn't gosh. even know what effect that could have until we moved to a new building. And I was like, Oh, I don't hate this job quite as much. Right. <laughs> so I think you know, that's a long answer, April, but really the, the small things and the habits are easy to do once you see your lab work and you know, oh, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing next is a plan for me. What mm. most people struggle with is we hear this all the time. Women say, I am willing to do anything. You tell mm. me what to do. I will do it. And we want women to start to feel like they are tapped into their gut, their instinct, their mm. intuition. And we'll say, well, this is what works for 90% of women we work Mm -hmm. with. We want you to go try it. And then we're going to retest you and see which, which direction are we headed? Are we Mm -hmm. headed in a positive trend? Are we going downwards? Because what's good for me food wise, what's good for you could be completely different. Mm -hmm. There's trends and there's commonalities for a lot of, you know, women at the same time, there is no one plan. There is no one way to do any of this. So we're trying to get people to get back to like, what's really under this? Mm. Maybe it's not what you're eating. Totally. And understanding that, um, you know, like the keto diet or various diets out there, it's not like everyone should be on that same diet because we're so different. And, you know, our makeup is so different compared to the next person and taking responsibility over our health. That's ultimately what it seems to be where we need to investigate and know that, okay, I need to be in tune with my body and my gut feels off. Someone can't tell me that I need to know that for myself. Yes. And I think part of that is it breaks the relationship between your ability to trust yourself. When you go Mm -hmm. in and say, I have X, Y, Z that I'm experiencing. And then someone does, basic and organ damage blood work and goes, no, you're fine. And all of a sudden now you have this juxtaposition between what you're experiencing and what you're told externally. That Mm -hmm. is actually the mindset healing Mm -hmm. that is much more tricky. And I'll give examples of what I mean, because like Megan said, it's easy to pee on test strips or, you know, Mm -hmm. spit in tubes. It's easy to take supplements and order them, especially if someone's already told you, Hey, this is what your body says you wanted. Right. It's that none of that is difficult, but what happened with, for example, for me in pain and getting dismissed and then finding out it was this like super severe endometriosis was that I no longer trusted myself and I no longer trusted mm. the system. That means I trusted nobody and I was <laughs> running around second guessing. So yeah, I was shoveling supplements down my gullet, but I was not necessarily believing that any of that was going to work or that I was on the right path. And that's mm. the part that's really hard. The thing that held me back from mindset the most, and Megan alluded to it, but I'll just kind of bring it home with the Mm -hmm. tangible example. Because people told me my pain was in my head or my symptoms were in my head, I especially did not want to look at mindset because Mm -hmm. then they were, I was kind of proving them right. You know, I was so Mm -hmm. hell bent on proving that I had real pain that those providers that had told me those things, I'm sure had 
that was like 10 years ago, you know, they, they mm -hmm. had forgotten about me. They didn't know about me. They didn't care. Yet I was the one holding on to, I have to prove that I'm really in pain. <laughs> and if I'm so busy proving that I'm really in pain, I'm not showing up for myself for healing and actually allowing myself to get better because your brain once you think something, it will always prove you right. That's why one of the things, if, if anyone you know, brings up nothing ever works for me, that's a big red flag for Megan and I because you can't input information into a brain that says, mm -hmm. I'm not accepting anything that works and expect it to work. Mm -hmm. The brain is just too powerful for that. We cannot out supplement a brain. So mm -hmm. if you are really in any of these spaces, you just don't follow through on the easy steps of taking the supplements and doing the test because you don't tolerate actually the process of the mental challenges that come with that. It's not because you don't tolerate the supplements. Mm, wow. It is so mind blowing the power of our brain and mindset. I, that's it one thing really that is. I, yeah, I just am always amazed by. Wow. Um, so Dr. Alex, knowing that this is your forte, um, could you give a brief overview of the four phases of our cycle and, you know, the various fluctuations in hormones um, throughout the 28 days, just to give context for everyone? For sure. I will do a little um, overview, but then please know that as you're listening to this, our season one of our podcast, it's called Four Phase Cycle Podcast, mm -hmm. is a 24-part series of classes that I did that take you from the beginning of the cycle all the way through in all the different ways, how it affects your physical body, how it affects your mental um, health, all of those things are in there. So I will awesome. do a very brief one, but there's Great. a lot more to this. Totally. Why <laughs> our interviews end up being a little lengthy. Yeah. But essentially we, we live in a world where we're supposed to, it's male dominant. So we live on a 24 hour clock. And that's why so mm -hmm. many of us feel like, you know, every Tuesday should be the same, no matter what's going on. But I say that to kind of intro this concept, because the second you point that out to women, they know exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, every Tuesday is not the same. And that's why when the Tony Robbins of the world are like, yeah, I get in my cold plunge every single day. <laughs> he doesn't have a period. He, his brain doesn't change in terms of the, well, I don't think he has a period, but his brain doesn't change in, in fluctuation, right? Like, they don't have this. It's not their fault. It's just that they don't experience it. But the second you point this stuff out to women, they're like, I know exactly what you mean. And one of the things that we see all the time is in phase one. Um, so in phase one, that's when our period starts. So day one of the cycle is your first full flow day. Doesn't include spotting because spotting is a phase four problem. Mm -hmm. So phase one starts when you first get your period lasts about, you know, seven days for a, a typical 28 day cycle. And of course this all gets modified for whatever's going on with right. you personally, but phase one, this is the, what our brain does. The brain is extra interconnected at this time. It's when the whole next cycle or that cycle and the next will get set up. And so when the brain is making that, those decisions, the two hemispheres of the brain are actually very interconnected in women. This is done so that we can bring, bring all of our environment together 
and start, you know, planning and prioritizing mm-hmm. what we actually want. When we don't direct it in any way, you know, and this just happens willy nilly. This is where a lot of people can relate. And we have like pages and pages of comments of people sharing that they live through this is that you wake up, you're like, I hate my hair. I hate my makeup. I hate my, how my clothes turned out. My house is a mess. The kids look like a mess. The whole thing's wrong. Right. And that's because Mm -hmm. the brain is so interconnected. It's looking for things in the environment to prioritize. If you, if we don't set what is important to us at this time, it will just go run around and pick up things randomly. And Mm -hmm. that feels very chaotic as opposed to we use the interconnectedness of our brain to access what we really want, bring in that full picture. And that's when we are really good at prioritizing, having insight into what's going on and setting new goals. Hmm. Then, do you have a question? (laughs) Um, Just real quick, could you give an example of how you um, see that in your life? So prioritizing and more in that planning mode. So what, is an example of, you know, how you've had that in your life and what you do during that phase. Absolutely. Yeah. So phase one, um, this is when Megan and I, and our entire business is set on these phases because Megan and I cycle together. Um, and we don't know why that happens, but we've never lived (laughs) in the same place and our cycles are always synced up to one another. Incredible. We actually also flip between, there's kind of like a healer mode and a, this is all in our podcast because we obviously can't go into it all, but we flip back and forth depending if one of us is having a low period, they'll flip mm. into the, I need taken care of and the healer path, the person mm. on the healer path will take care of them. Right. So mm-hmm. there's actually a, even a lot more to it than that, but essentially like the red moon and the white moon or, or whatever. Yeah, exactly, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, we, and so essentially in phase one, we do all of our outlines and all of our planning. So when we are like, here's a project that we are launching over the next month or two, we use phase one as a time to sit down and it's not very, phase one is not very outwardly action oriented. It's actually just getting really aligned within yourself. So we're like, Mm. okay, given all the previous cycles before, in this cycle with our goals, what are one to three priorities that we need to set? Because in phase two, where we're going next, those one to three priorities will inform your daily to-do list Mm -hmm. when you are in phase two, when it's all about explosive action, getting things off the ground, the brain's really primed for new and innovation, right? Mm -hmm. And so at that point, if we have gotten really aligned and we're clear on what we want, then in phase two, we use that information to get out of the gate and just hit the ground running. Mm, that's a great example. Wow. I love that you guys are putting that into practice in your clinic. And Yeah, amazing. thanks. And so, yeah, so phase one is when we do all the outlines. Phase mm-hmm. two is when we either do creation. So if we're creating classes, this is when we'll record videos. Um, it generally women tend to find that that's when they like they're more in enjoying their appearance and we'll kind of get into and stuff like that and so putting yourself out on video and going live and all of those things that 
that we do in life, if we can find a time that it most works for us, then it's like mm-hmm. we enjoy how we do it more. It works for us. So we show up better. It helps more people. We get better feedback that makes us happy again, right? It's a, a mm-hmm. big positive loop that we can get into. So cool. Wow. That's awesome. And now thinking about stress, because we all know that stress is a huge part of women's lives. How does that have an effect on those four phases? Yeah. So stress, well, this is where I kind of looped in survival mode in the beginning. Mm. Hormones are completely optional because it's not only optional to make a human, but it's also incredibly it's an incredibly big responsibility for the body. So anytime we're in survival mode, optional things will go out the window. And when I name what these optional things are, they're going to be exactly what women want in their lives. So the things that go out the window are hormone balance. So that's energy, mood, you know, hair Mm -hmm. falling out, nails not growing, skin not looking good, energy not good, libido not good, and sleep not good. So Mm. all of these things that we define as like us thriving, those are the things that go out the window where when we are existing in survival mode. So Mm -hmm. really the effect of stress on the brain is that the brain then goes, and it's specifically the hypothalamus, which is the signaling general in our brain Mm -hmm. it essentially goes well now is not a safe time for us to be on the hook to create a whole new being and so we're going to shut that down and it Mm -hmm. does so in many different ways it can be anything from we're just going to skip ovulation and well that leaves you estrogen dominant or we turn down the entire thing like what i had i had no signaling down to my ovaries Mm -hmm. because it was just like nope we're not doing this once I got that opened up, I no longer met the criteria for premature ovarian failure. So it really Mm. just taught us how much the brain can either turn up or turn down that signal. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And so, you know, if you are skipping ovulation, you mentioned something about, you know, being estrogen dominant. Can you go a little more into detail with that? Yeah, totally. So if we don't, this is one of those things that people aren't told, women aren't told enough. And especially with birth control, birth control by design blocks ovulation. So any whether you are taking something that blocks ovulation or your body has done this on its own, it will, if you don't create a follicle and pick one egg to be dominant that cycle, then we don't create progesterone. If we don't create progesterone and estrogen was created at all during that cycle, there it's going to be setting up a situation where you're estrogen dominant because you just don't have any progesterone. There's no progesterone Mm -hmm. to balance it out. Now you can progress enough where you don't make any estrogen either. And Mm -hmm. on birth control, that's exactly what happens. You you don't make, you go to post or perimenopausal levels Mm -hmm. of estrogen and progesterone. But a lot of times the first step is actually an estrogen dominance step, which is where a lot of people get put on things like dim to lower their estrogen. Mm. But our whole point is, yeah, you can try to get the, um, keep 
getting the estrogen out of the body. But if you don't address the reason it's high, which is the signaling from the brain to the ovaries, and if you don't address that progesterone's not getting made, you just keep taking that dim forever because you know it's kind of like scooping the water out of your right. boat with a hole in it. It's just you're ne- you're always going to have to be on that supplement in order to deal with it unless you correct the underlying imbalances that mm-hmm. set that problem up to begin with. Right, right. Such a great analogy of you know what that looks like. It's more so like people are putting a bandaid on things versus just actually fixing the problem and the wound itself. So. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so what are some of the best strategies for being successful at, um, cycle syncing and making that a habit in your life? I think Megan's got this one. Sure. Awesome. So, um, like Alex said, uh, we have a whole podcast that goes into detail and mm-hmm. we actually have a whole program called Zestier, which the focus is phase by phase. Like, what are you going to do each phase of the cycle? We take you through four whole phases. The basics, kind of the broad strokes, if you back up and just look at it, what we like to focus on for the first half of the cycle, so day one of a full period to ovulation, we're really focusing on optimizing inflammation. So for Mm -hmm. a lot of us, that's reducing. For some people, they can't even mount enough inflammation. So some people, it's actually increasing. Mm -hmm. So optimizing inflammation is setting up that first half of the cycle for success. As we move into the second half of the cycle, A lot of our hormones are a lot higher levels, like estrogen and progesterone, for example. We use the Dutch test, which is the dried urine Mm -hmm. test for comprehensive hormones. And that his test is done day 19 to 22 of the cycle because that is when estrogen and progesterone are at their highest in relationship to each other, not necessarily Mm -hmm. highest the whole time. But we have these excess hormones and hormones are fabulous and great, but when we have excess and maybe an imbalance because we doesn't, didn't ovulate and maybe some kind of synthetic version in there, and maybe in our water, there's xenoestrogens, right? Mm. Chemicals and things that look like estrogen, uh, that red dye, uh, lollipop that has the xenoestrogens, yeah. <laughs> all them. the plastics, right? So <laughs> from that can, can really change what's happening in the receptors can change our brain is like, wait, it looks like we have estrogen, but it's not Mm -hmm. yours. Right. So we are focusing second half on detoxification, detoxification, meaning really, can we clean out those receptors? Can we get rid of any excess chemicals and things that are confusing the system and, and then also just, um, removing anything and even our own, the own byproducts of our own hormones Mm -hmm. and neurotransmitters. So when we break it up, we have kind of what we like to do actual week by week, but an easy way to break it up is just first half inflammation, second half detoxification. And we like to use, um, first, we like to have everyone really know when they were ovulating. So tracking with uh, like basal body temperature. Mm. And once you have that, maybe an app is enough to really go from there. And what I love about an app that says, Hey, you're in the ovulation phase or right. Or you type in, you just got your period. Is this a reminder for me? Go, okay, I'm moving into the second half of my cycle. What are all those tools that I love that have kind of fallen off? You know, Mm. um, we're not the do it all, all the time kind of people. We don't Mm. operate well like this. We fall off of tools all the time. And Mm. now we kind of understand why there's a reason for this, right? Right, Like, right it's actually sometimes the real type A, I can do everything all the time are overriding their natural Mm. ability, you know, their natural intuition of 
no, this is not a good time for that. So <laughs> I'll say, okay, oh, it's now it's time to add back in my dry skin brush, right? Because mm-hmm. that's one I will definitely fall off of. Or right. um, which elixir could I do right now? So that's the reminder of the cycle. It's like a reset. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I have a new month. I have a new chance. I have um, each cycle gets better than the last when you're implementing these strategies and you're using different tools. And then, you know, it's kind of like starting over happy new year, right? It's like, what are we going to set up? What do we want the next 30 days to look like? And then actually using the ups and downs of what's happening in your brain, being aware of what's coming Mm -hmm. is the biggest one for most women, because we have just been taught never to feel down, I think. Mm, And so many of the women that we work with will say, well, they're like, yeah, I have three or four really, really horrible days. And, you know, I just can't handle this. And the more Mm. we talk about it, the more we'll get to the realization that they actually, those three or four days aren't actually that bad. Mm -hmm. It's the fighting against the reality. It's if they could just say, these are the four days where I do sit on the couch and watch Mm -hmm. Netflix. They'd be like, yeah, it's really not that big a deal if you Mm -hmm. say that. (laughs) It's the the idea that we need to be as productive every single day of the month Mm -hmm. as others and that there is no down days and it means something bad about us. It means we're not Mm -hmm. a good human. It means we're not doing enough. It means we're not Mm -hmm. checking the list, not getting the dopamine hit. And (laughs) it's fighting that reality. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily for some people they have really down and it is a problem, but for others it's just releasing that. And once we say, Mm. Hey, we want you to, we want you to relax here because it will actually make your other phases in the cycle more productive. Mm. When you follow, when you, when you overrule in that phase one, if you're like, no, I'm just going to work through it. Mm -hmm. You pay for it later when you don't and you rest, (laughs) then that's when like, it's the most creative month and all this stuff comes through you. And you're like, doing what will happen to us and we'll create a whole program, a whole book, a whole something mm-hmm. in a three or four day period because we followed and really rested. Wow. And it's hard to say, okay, <laughs> I know it will come to me. And right. some people might be thinking, I don't have that flexibility. And we understand mm-hmm. that you're, you know, can't necessarily tell your boss it's it's phase one boss. Sorry. Know. And <laughs> yeah. at the same time, we are hoping that shifts because mm-hmm. women exactly. are running more companies. So let, let this awareness, awareness change Definitely. It, yeah. Definitely. And yeah, and a lot of women, I'm sure, don't trust that process where it's like, uh, like, I believe it, but then putting into their life and implementing it, they're probably like, oh, but is it actually going to work? I might as well just work through these four days, even though it sucks. And just, just in case, and I don't want to, you know, just in case it actually doesn't work and whatnot. So I'm sure that many women go through that mindset of, "Eh, I have to just always be on. So, right. Right. And thinking in regards to your life. So you're a mom, you're a wife. How does um, cycle syncing look in your life with, you know, meals and raising kids and what are some of the implementing implementations that you've had to do? Oh yeah. So we have a great point to the fridge rule. So we can mm-hmm. share this link with you, April, but we have a um, zestyginger.com forward slash partner dash guide. So mm. we have a one pager partner guide that we created for our husbands because they were like, okay, you're talking about the cycle stuff, but there's a lot to this <laughs> and I just need to know what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what's on there. Phase one, that's amazing. what you can talk about, what we could do, what we're not going to do. So <laughs> 
it's uh, very helpful because I can say, you know, for example, one of the things will be like, not a great time to initiate a uh, conversation about a new big topic, right? Our brain's going, no, too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas other phases is a great time for planning and for exploring. Mm. So when something is brought up in a bad phase, you kind of just point to the fridge and say, <laughs> hey, we're welcome to talk about this. And you might not get the results you want. So if you want to wait till next week, that would be a better conversation. Um and even the kids uh, are somewhat aware of how it goes and how I will say, yeah, these next couple of days are, are my down days. And mm. they, they go with the flow because they're just so used to it. And mm. they think that's, I think that's normal. So I'm really hoping I have two girls. I'm really hoping that they uh, implement that or, or see that you don't have to always be on. Mm. And um, I'm very much like, yes, mom cries. Mm-hmm. You know, mom mm-hmm. has feelings and <laughs> they don't love it. Right. Mm-hmm. And at right. the same time, I'm hoping that that allows them to kind of Foster understand it. their, yeah. Right. So cool. That's great examples. You're truly living it out and what you practice and, you know, help other women, women with you are great examples of that as well. So very cool. Um, I sure so try to live it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's difficult. How long did it take for you you, I guess, not for the both of you, you to get into that groove of cycle syncing. Well, the cycle part of it was newer in the last few years. So we started re- really loving the functional lab work and we run our group programs with the functional lab work. And then we started to notice what happened for me was I would notice that, um, let's say, for example, caffeine. I don't do well with caffeine at all, mm-hmm. but like black Same. tea or like I can just have like chai tea. Mm-hmm. And there were... S- I would have it many times. And then all of a sudden there would be certain times where I would have the same Mm. cup of tea and I would be so anxious and like heart palpitations and just like, what just happened? Mm. Or, um, I don't drink alcohol anymore anymore, but that kind of same similar thing would happen if I just had like one glass of wine. And I started to notice the timing around it was always either right around ovulation or right before my period. So Mm, that was when I was thinking, oh, wow, there's such a huge fluctuation of when, where I am in my cycle and how Mm. I react to this. Because it was so extreme that I was like thinking, are we headed towards anxiety panic land? But it would go (laughs) away after, right, this small, this small time frame. Mm -hmm. And another situation uh, that came across was starting a new, my husband was going to go keto for, um, uh, it was going to be helpful for him for, Uh, addictive things he was working on and I was going to do it alongside of him. And we did this at one point. It happened to be in the perfect phase of my cycle when you start new things and it went Mm. so smoothly. And a different time, like a a, a year, you know, a different year, we were doing something else similar and I was just fighting it. Mm. I felt like this is the thing most women will say, like, what is wrong with me? Why do I have no willpower? I've done this before. And meanwhile, you know, it was like a week before my period and my, my brain is like, one, no, we're not doing two things. Right. Two, like, no, we're not cutting out carbohydrates. Like, <laughs> so everything about it was just not working. And the two extremes of working well, not working at different times, it just, we started to really pull together, like, mm. well, what else, what else is going on? And that's when Alex 
sat down literally with all the textbooks in physiology. She's like a physiology ninja (laughs) and genius anyway with her medical background. And she would go, okay, this is what's going on in the body. And we know, well, when that's going on in the body, these are the kind of tools that work. And she just started pulling it together, Mm. which is why you'll see April that there's a lot of different versions of kind of, um, you know, optimizing your cycle. And ours is unique just because it's kind of our personal experience. Mm. We don't think there's any right way. Like we wouldn't say, oh, right. never have that drink during that phase. They're really, you can do anything at any time. It's just that mm-hmm. there, it, you get the, the most bang for your buck at certain times, mm. right? So and- if you're like us and you're going to fall off and you don't want to do something every day, all day for the year, then y- this would be the optimum, right? This mm. would be when you get the most for. So mm. it's been a few years of, and I think the the understanding the mind like the brain piece of understanding that once I really started to understand that, I was able to get out of my own way from a work perspective, and we've just like our mm. productivity and our reach has just skyrocketed because mm. we don't put pressures on ourselves during certain times, and we used to we mm-hmm. used to just say. Uh, we're a business and I think we're supposed to have goals. You know, neither of us have business <laughs> background. So we're just kind of doing this thing. Right. We're like, well, the goal is this month and this is the date it fell. <laughs> so we should go do X, Y, Z. And a lot of times it would fall flat because mm. we're not, we're not in the creative space or you know, right. we're not wanting to right. be on camera. So that luckily for us, we do work for ourselves with our own schedule mm. for the most part. Right. So mm-hmm. that wow. really helped. Yeah. Wow. Super inspiring. I mean, for listeners and for myself of how we can implement this in our lives and not just, you know, our diet lives or, you know, our lifestyle at home lives, but our business lives and how you guys are doing it. And yeah, it may look a little differently regarding your job and what you do, but, you know, you can implement at least a little bit into it as much as possible. So, hmm. and So what are a few key takeaways for listeners um, after this episode that you would like them to grab? Sure. So we like people to have things they can go do. So I can share, um, you know, there's tons of different options, but let's say something for the first half of the cycle and then something for the second half of the cycle that someone could just go ahead and start right away. So Mm -hmm. uh, for the first half of the cycle, one tool that we love to help with inflammation is um, tart cherry concentrate. So mm. we'll have someone have a large glass of water every day during that, that half and just add one to two tablespoons of tart cherry concentrate. And this is incredibly soothing and calming for inflammation. We have some people who are new to all of this and that alone, we, we'll get emails like, I got my period and I hadn't had one for nine months, <laughs> right? Other people, there's a lot more to what's going on, but that kind of, that kind of thing, tart cherry juice or even something like taking a fish oil is, can be really supportive of inflammation. Mm. Uh, during the second half of the cycle, let's go with a different tool because we also have elixirs <laughs> for that. But let's say um, focusing on detoxification, I think a really great starter tool that's super inexpensive. It's on, you know, under $10 is a dry skin brush. Mm-hmm. And Love it. Um, we do have on our Instagram, so it's at zesty underscore ginger. We do, Alex has made a tutorial on kind of the direction because you always want to be brushing towards your heart. But mm-hmm. this idea of like, let's move our lymphatic system because, you know, the heart pumps the blood around the body, but the lymphatic system has nothing pumping it. And right. it relies on us moving 
which we don't do as much anymore. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not working in fields and a lot of us sit (laughs) for our job. So um, we have to actually help physically move the lymphatic system. Mm. So I'd say just our goal is that each cycle you're adding one to two new things. It's a steady, slow increase and add versus we don't love the removing process because we think that sends the brain into deprivation mode and requires willpower, which we don't believe in. So we're just (laughs) slowly adding things. Let's slowly add more nutrients. We'll slowly add these tools so that the body is absorbing more and in a better place. And then as we get more energized, then we can have you go, okay, now we got to go to the next level of what do we need to dig into? It kind of becomes this upward spiral of what, Mm. what's next. That's, that's a great way of doing it because then people, when they implement into their lives, they feel like I can do this and they're having little successes and versus one big task and challenge where it doesn't seem attainable. And then you get frustrated And then, so focusing the first phases of, you know, inflammation and reducing that. And then the second phases, two phases on detoxifying. Yep. Absolutely. Great information. So now the best part and the hardest part, the rapid fire questions I have for you. (laughs) Okay. So who is the most influential or who was the most influential woman in your life? Oh, was, um, I would definitely say my mom here. Mm. So she, and still is, so she's in her 70s and actually lives downstairs from us. And oh, wow. she's continuously learning and growing. She is open to all of my, you know, the new age mm-hmm. conscious parenting and the hippie books and the, <laughs> you know, the things that she was not brought up with. And um, she goes in every uh every week she goes twice a week to help at a homeless shelter so she's just been amazing uh for my daughters to see one my older daughter goes with her and she's continuously given me that like you just keep giving to others and i think that's a lot that both dr alex and i have a lot of that like we do just have this inner desire to help other people Mm, amazing and what is your favorite food food. Oh gosh. I like so many. April. That's I know. A tough one. And being like someone that just enjoys good quality food is like, how do I pick? <laughs> Let's see. Favorite food. I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with avocados. So mm-hmm. we'll go with that because even if we just had that and some salt, like I would last a long time. Goodness. Yeah. For breakfast, lunch, dinner, guac, you name it. It's just, yep. it's just so good. <laughs> Are you a past, present or future thinker? Ooh, okay. Um, I am working on being a present. I would say I tend towards future and have to rein myself in. So I'm, I'm working on being a present. That's awesome. Favorite travel destination or your favorite dream destination? Uh, one place I've always really wanted to go that I have still not made it to yet is Machu Picchu in Peru. Ooh. Are you a big hiker and um, doing adventurous stuff versus just laying on the beach? Yes. Mm. (laughs) All of the above, in other words, too, you can say. (laughs) If you had unlimited funds, what different health gadgets or tools would you like to buy or maybe you've bought already, but for people in general listening to this? Okay, if I had unlimited funds, a health tool, oh, (laughs) Um, so I have, I mean, I'm sure there's a million different things, but I have a sauna that I got 
last year. And what I really want to add, they have this um, Faraday shield. So it's sauna mm. space is the one I have. So it's the shield that um, it's an, it's an EMF blocking shield. Oh, wow. And it was like twice, it doubled the cost of the sauna. So I of did course. not get the shield. <laughs> and I think they even have them for your beds, but they had this <laughs> where I was at a conference. And when you went into this place, they even had an EMF reader. So you could stand outside in the conference, oh, wow. which is like, you know, going crazy. And then you mm-hmm. get in um, and it would just, and you could feel just uh, the calm. Wow. So That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and even having the filters on your outlets and, you know, a shield for your Wi-Fi um, modem or router or whatever, and just blocking that. It's, it's crazy how you can do that. Cool. Yeah. So you guys have a few offers that you are going to be having in the upcoming month. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. But do you want to talk a little bit about that before we leave? Sure. So depending on timing, so Healthy Hormones Group is kind of our larger group that's a bigger investment for people who are ready to go all in and actually run the functional lab work. So we'll do the hormone test and the neurotransmitter test. So brain chemistry and hormones, customized protocol. So that's um, for right now, September 22nd, Mm -hmm. 2020, but we do run these continuously. So that is our main group. We do also have Zestier, which is just Mm -hmm. our 28-day getting started phase-by-phase program that um, we do run on and off. So there's either going to be a wait list there or or will be open right now, but that is a good place to get started for people. And then you did mention, April, the the fight or flight and the stress piece Mm. we created during um, COVID, we created this 12 week fight or flight fix program that was, we really just did it because we were doing live calls for the 12 weeks during the time because so many people were struggling, but each Mm. week has a different tool to get into parasympathetic. And then it has the recording from the live calls we did. So we had different people come in and um, do some breath work and um, some tapping and all, all sorts of different things. But those are our three main spots for people to get started. Awesome. Great programs. I'll put those in the show notes. And then how can listeners connect with you? Our main spot that we love to be is Instagram. So it's at zesty underscore ginger. We do, of course, you can always email us support at zestyginger.com. But um, Instagram, we have a great community. We, um, Alex and I actually rotate. So one week I'm on, one week she's on. Mm-hmm. Someone's always there cool. and um, <laughs> you'll see daily posts and daily stories and all that. That's awesome. I love your Instagram page. So much great information and I'm sure listeners can definitely take away awesome points from it as well. So it's such an honor. Thank you so much, Megan, for meeting with me. And I know Dr. Alex had to leave because she had a few appointments. So I appreciate her as well. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having us.